0: Life lets me down, and the lights tell me I've been abandoned. When the darkness surrounds and it, it seems that there's no hope inside. I can call on your name, and you release my pain, Lord, you hear me? I can lean into you, Lord. Know that you'll carry me. Because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. Go call your name and love covers pain There's no place that I would rather be i here with you You're safe in your eyes I'm washed in the blue Fear is the enemy left to its lies it'll break me I won't be led to believe that all feelings I am should be trusted I can let go feel as you open my eyes to your hand on me I can lean into you Lord, no that you'll fight for me. Lord, you fight for me for you. To carry me up on your shoulder. You release every breath that I breathe. And I can call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be than right here with you. I'm safe in your arms, I'm washed in the blood. You see all of the lies that fill up by my mind, they come straight from the voice of the enemy. I will give up this pride and run straight to the fight. Cause I know you're living in me Lord, I'll step across fear and surrender my life And become who you called me to be Who you called me to be I will trust you, Lord Cause I need you to be up on your shoulders You're releasing your peace with every breath breathe Lord, I call on your name, and your love covers pain. The space that I would rather be. Right here with you safe in your arms. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. Lord, I'm lost in the blood.
1: Good evening, family. How is everybody doing today on this beautiful Sunday? Those of you who are already here in Flemingsburg and are listening tonight, uh, rain is on the way. You're going to get a little bit of rain for about an hour or so. So uh, hop in your tents or find or the pavilion. It's a nice little place to keep rain off of your head. And uh, if you see Jay Wu pop in here at some point, let him know that the rain is on the way. Yep. Guys, this is a uh, episode 462 brother's fiance in a bible and uh always great to see you so we're gonna just play a couple of clips that i have lined up and then we're gonna talk about um a subject that i've been just kind of briefing on um a while, or just over the last uh couple of weeks and possibly months on what does it mean to pray for our enemies and the importance of praying for our enemies so first off living how are you doing today sweetheart
2: i'm doing good for a sunday <laughs> I'm doing
1: good. Mary all in. Are you, are you already here too? Oops, some, some people arriving early and we're gonna, we're gonna be out there tomorrow just to say, Hey, to everybody, then come back and work on those cameras a little bit more. And then Tuesday we'll be out setting up chairs and stuff, and setting up the rest of the stuff. So I'm excited to see all of you out there. I can't tell you how excited I am to see you. Um, a lot going on in the world, a lot going to be going on in the world this week. Don't forget that tomorrow is 18th of September. That is the day that we have that weird celestial event in the sky that we've been talking about. The one that's kind of seemingly mentored, mentioned in a Revelation 12. But uh, first off, um, we found these literally right before the show. And I was going to go right into the topic tonight, but uh, Libin found these and sent them over to me. So I'm going to play these for you. So this one right here is pretty interesting. You know, like I said, as much as you read scripture, sometimes things don't grab you until you try to put them in context of what we're seeing today. And we joke a lot about zombies, um, but I never caught these before. So I'm going to play this little clip for you real quick. And I actually went through just to, because a lot of videos are out there fake. They're trying to mislead people to see people. So I always go through and verify things. Literally, it's in scripture. And I don't know how I missed it before. Check this out.
0: Does the Bible talk about the zombie apocalypse? Jeremiah 19-9 their sons and daughters and they will eat one another. Ezekiel 5:10. Therefore in your midst parents will eat their children and children will eat their parents. Luke 21:30 be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that
3: you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Share to warn others
1: weird. <laughs> I know. Oh my. That was like, literally, that was the words that came out of my mouth. That I was like, Oh my. Um, yeah. we, we talk about this and with all the, the zombie talking stuff, um, you know, they, you know, we talked about the lost generation and, and people that, uh, that wish they could die, but couldn't, you know, and then, you know, I always kind of equated those like, ah, that sounds, you know, like this could fit right in here. But, but these scriptures, like I said, Jeremiah is equal Ezekiel. Um, I went and looked these up and like straight up, and, uh, I, I literally go through and read everything before and after. Um, I just don't see what other context they could be talking about, you know, right. talking about eating your parents and eating the man and so forth. So interesting stuff. And, uh, remember that the, uh, emergency alert is going to be on the fourth and then possibly on the 11th. We talked about that in episode about them sending pulses out and, um, Todd calendar from, uh, um, Clout Hub, an attorney, actually mentioned the effects that it would have on those that are vaccinated. So right now over in uh, India, they are on lockdown. I guess they're broken up into like eight um, different zones in India. Locked down because of the Nefovirus virus that apparently has a cure and kills 75% of the people. Once again, more than likely just the next scare because I've been saying for a while that people are over the whole COVID. And there's a point where they're going to have to use something a little bigger to get people to kind of fall in line and, you know, this, the scarier disease, the scarier the disease, the better I guess. But nonetheless, um, I know that great Britain or at least England is putting up quarantine tents and getting ready for that too. But, um, those of my family that live over there in great Britain England particularly, um, or that have been over there, understand that there's a, there's a big Indian population in England, um, London area, especially, but in other areas as well tie in, but, once again, more than likely a scare tactic, especially when they follow it with there is no cure. So, um, but I bet I bet, you know, if this ends up being the next I think they miraculously have a new vaccine for it. Oh, I'm sure. They always seem to do that. They always have the vaccine. You know, somebody pointed out um it was a great actually. Um i here or not. me if I can go through and find this clip. Yeah, here um, it is. I'm gonna play this for you real quick and this good points about the quarantine camps um in new york that they've been talking about oh yeah that's right it is on tiktok so i will have to go there all right sorry guys i'm setting this up for you here we go
3: disconnected from like what's going on like new york is talking about quarantine camps when uh, we don't even wear masks anymore, like when is the vets a problem to the point that they're working on legislation people to just pull up on anybody, go in anybody's house, whether you're sick or not, and go out of your home, no matter what your age is, and put you into a camp that they choose of into a different place, into a different residence, into a different facility that they choose from like what is this happening Hear it to me you know what i'm saying what's going on in new york it's crazy to me that this is being debated right now whether this legislation should not like they're appealing it it's being a, pe- you know what i'm saying like and i'm just hearing about this and i'm like when was the a problem i thought this wasn't a problem no more and now they're saying there's another wave coming How do you know another wave is coming? Can you see how you can see the hurricane? Is there, is there, is there a radar or something that you can see it coming? How can you see, (laughs) how can you see this coming? How can you see that coming? Do you guys, do you guys, it seems like you guys know something that we don't know. So since you're telling us, giving us hints, can you give us a little bit more hints? This is crazy to me, bro. This is crazy to me, bro. New Yorkers, we need to wake up, man. We need to wake up. I'm gonna go do more research because I don't know what's going on. If anybody knows if, if I'm tripping, just tell me in the comments, please. Tell me, no, nah, no, nah, you you're bugging out, you misread that. Or I know what I'm gonna hear in the comment section already. I'm gonna hear more things that I don't even know.
1: So he's got some really good points. Um, you know, first off, it's amazing how they always know what's coming, when the next variant's gonna be and and roughly the time period that it's gonna be breaking out. And he, he compares he's like, What do they have like a at hurricanes. I mean, he's got a good point. They always seem to know, and yet they always seem to have the vaccination ready right before this happens. And this vaccine that they're putting out now was tested. I've read four mice. I've read 10 mice. um, Nonetheless, no humans and just a handful of mice. Um, And it wasn't even um, determined if it worked or not. It was determined that it only killed like four out of the 10 that they tested which is pretty scary, too. And I don't want to be a test rat. I know none of you guys do, too. And I know that we're pretty much uh, firm in not taking this thing. But uh, always amazing how they always seem to have the vaccine ready right before the next pandemic, which they also seem to know. And those things are pretty impossible to predict. So um, it's because they're creating these things, and we all know it. Um, I'll tell you the hardest thing about watching this video. I know you guys couldn't see the video, but he's holding uh, iPod earphones. The ear- all the wires and there's like eight pairs and they're all knotted up and the whole time i'm watching this video my ocd side's going just just hand that to me man i, I will untie all of that right. <laughs> so next we got uh the next video i'm going to play um day and this is um air traffic doomsday plane in the air but this is pretty interesting not just at the doomsdays in the air because they, they do fly these things frequently um, but it was what took place with this. Not too far before a lot of stuff going on. Remember, the 18th is tomorrow with the celestial event, but there's also a lot of political things going on. Um, day before they were supposed to have those peace, the peace talks I was talking about between Israel and Palestine, um, Palestinians backed out of it. Um, so we'll see where that goes tomorrow. I know that Russia and China were coming out again today talking about all the bio labs that we had in Ukraine, which is good because I'm glad that they're talking about those finally. And then, uh, what was it last night? They were talking about, uh, Putin, um, a nuclear bomb yeah. on America yeah. and pretty much guaranteed that he didn't say that yeah. it was more than likely our government trying to once again, turn us against and, and start freaking us out at all. But yeah, nothing surprises me at all, Steve. But I'm going to play this clip for you real quick. And this is the one about the doomsday.
4: It's Greg here, AKA NY Prepper. It is Sunday, September 7, 23. And I have an emergency alert to share with you guys. Now it is 1.15 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States. And we currently have a U.S. presidential doomsday plane up in the air with its transponder off over the Midwest. And it got aerially refueled by a KC-135 strato tanker. And then it shut its transponder off. Very, very strange. And we also have a US government VIP plane heading towards a US government doomsday bunker in Nebraska in Offutt Air Base, home of all at the time. So let me just share some of these uh, flight paths with you so you can see what's going on. So this was just about an hour ago. This is a presidential doomsday plane here, an E 4B Nightwatch that took off from Offutt Air Base at the same time as a strato tanker took off from Lincoln, Nebraska. And they both met in the air. And then after they met, the presidential doomsday plane turned its transponder off in northeastern Kansas. These doomsday planes are for the U.S. president to command our military in a cataclysmic event such as a nuclear war. Okay, these are specially designed planes that are resistant to EMPs, and they can also send out uh, VLF messages to our nuclear uh, forces, our submerged nuclear armed submarines, and our uh, bomber force it's It's great.
1: yeah, so interesting stuff and in, in combat sixty seven says fighter escort. To me, I sounded like there was a fighter escort. Um, as well as uh, refueling in the sky, and they do do drills and stuff like that, but it's interesting that they actually turned off their uh, flight tracker, which generally what, um, demo- they generally don't turn those off unless they're using them for a reason, not just tests and stuff like that, so um, interesting stuff, especially knowing about the celestial event, like, they, it's kind of biblical, like I said, go read uh, Revelations 12, and it, you know, the sun and the womb with the and the moon below their feet and all that kind of stuff, which we're going to be seeing tomorrow. We talked about it a little bit on Thursday when uh, John was on. So enough of the uh, videos for today, but interesting stuff. Yeah, we've covered uh, aliens and zombies and doomsday planes. Oh my! And then uh, quarantine camps. And we all know what those quarantine camps are. Those aren't quarantine camps. They're not because they're worried about people getting sick. Those are dissenter camps. That's what I'm going to call them, dissenter camps. So if you are one refusing to wear a mask, one refusing to get vaccinated. Where are you going to end up going? Mm-hmm. That's my guess. And like I said, these are, they're all appealing it now. So they've already been overturned and they're appealing. It's no different than what they just did in New Mexico when um, Grisham put out that order to take the ability for people to carry guns with them. And then the Supreme Court was like, nope, can't happen. And then they ended up appealing it. So they're, they're working. They're working hard and fast right now. They're doing everything they possibly can. So it just gets a little bit unnerving. And then uh, I got a list of of a bunch of things that are going to be taking place on the 23rd. If you guys remembered on the 23rd of uh, September, I played a video of like 20 different movies that literally had September 23rd as the day that like we were hit by asteroids or portals opened or something like that. So on that day, there's a lot of political stuff that is happening around the world, too. And I had it saved. And of course, they have more than likely removed it. Not not a big surprise. So um, then this thing right here, I'm going to go real quick back into the whole burgers. Guys, I sound awesome. They sound like a phenomenal idea. You know, you can get 100 burgers for a dollar. Um, but I wouldn't recommend it because, uh, keep this in mind, they don't even hand out free nugget sauce at any of these fast food restaurants. So why would they give you a penny burger? Um, I, my guess is they're, they're going to make us a bunch of lab rats. So I'm going to play this for this little quick video. This guy's talking about it and he's once again, um, nothing is really free. So there's something behind this. There's something behind penny burgers and I, they're doing it at, what multiple restaurants like Wendy's McDonald's and places. So, I'd recommend not eating those.
2: So Wendy's is selling burgers for one cent. That means you can get a hundred for a dollar. Right off the bat, I'm going to go ahead and tell you all this for testing purposes only. Experimentation purposes only. Yes, they're experimenting on people for years. And it's common sense that there's something in these burgers. And they're distributing these burgers to see how people are going to react to them. Or seeing how their experiments are going to turn out. So if you buy these burgers, just know that you were part of an experiment. And I'ma be real, if you buy these burgers, you are probably gonna be one of the first to die when shit hits the fan. Cause you already fell for some dumb shit before, so you're gonna fall for some dumb shit again. It's honestly wild to me that I know people are going to buy these burgers. I'ma say it again. The people that buy these burgers are the people that's gonna be the first to die when shit hit the fan. This is an experiment and they experiment on people.
1: No, I agree with them. Like I said, no, Scent burgers like they're losing money on those things and uh mary i hope at least it's just fake meat you know at the very least i hope it's just fake meat but something tells me there's a whole lot more to it um my first guess is that it's going to be uh probably vaccines inside the meat so they're basically giving them to you but the best comment that was underneath all this was uh hey why for a burger i have to do is get a free burger you remember that over in, in New York where they were offering you free burgers and I think it was California. They were offering free marijuana. That's right, guys. Yeah. Go and get your vaccination. We'll give you a joint. Yeah. Um, so expect all that stuff to come back. It, it's coming. Um, so, yeah, definitely don't. And Wade, you're 100 percent right. That was exactly what I said when I first found out about this. It says, People still blind enough to do it. They'll line up. I can guarantee you if you ride by a Wendy's, what is it, start on the 22nd? I believe it starts on the 22nd. So that would be uh, Friday. Um, I, if you drove by a McDonald's or a Wendy's or anything like that, I guarantee you there are lines around there. Their parking lots are full of people happy to get their dollar burgers.
2: Uh, lap dances at Playboy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Way said, Lap dances at
1: Playboy. Yep. Did that come with a free vacuum? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna start pushing all the crazy stuff out there. You guys are smarter than this, and like he said, um, people were dumb enough to fall for the other tricks before. they will be to line up for penny burgers. I don't trust that. I don't trust a dollar burger. They don't even have dollar menus anymore. Nope. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But but okay. they're gonna sell burgers for a penny. Yeah, that's mm. something up with that. Yeah, like he said. They
3: sent all those bags
1: all over the country. Yeah, and don't forget that's true. The yeah. uh, body bags that got sent all over the country. So think about that one. Yeah, this is where we're living. I know I'd rather have a free donut, man, but watch, they're, <laughs> they're going to vaccinate donuts too. And then the That's just, that's like borderline blasphemy.
4: Yeah, right. exactly. So,
1: so today's topic we'll get into, I've uh, Conley may be dropping in here. I know he was in the middle of doing something, so he may not be here. Hopefully he'll be here tomorrow. I know he's leaving early. We will discuss that and let you guys know. But, um, in the meantime, what does it mean to pray for your enemies? Um, we've discussed this, you know, Steve and I have gone, um, Steve I've gone back and forth in here because we kind of feel the same way where it's difficult to pray for your enemy. Down there praying for Adam Shift and Pelosi and all these people that have done some pretty evil stuff to us. And Steve and I are on the same page. We also know that you've got to pray for your enemies. You know, we were asked to, but it's not easy. And, you know, how do you do that? How do you be a good Christian? Because it's one thing to have a prayer and pray for your enemies and it not be from the heart. God asks us to pray from the heart, not from the lips. And, and quite often, I'm not going to lie, you know, when I'm in the middle of saying, and please bless Pelosi and Adam shift and God bring them around, like it's hard for me to mean it, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I try to be a good Christian. I try to be in person, but some things are just a little more difficult than others. So I find myself having to pray a prayer after my prayer going, God, please start. let me literally mean what I'm praying right now. Like I'm, I'm doing what you're asking me to do kind of by at least verbalizing it. But but how do you mean it? How do you do it in your heart? So um, I'm going to read this little bit here about and, and then some different scripture that refers to um, praying for your enemy. So several places in scripture command us to pray. For Luke six twenty seven. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, um, be good to those who hate you. Romans twelve twenty. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink for by doing so, you will heat burning coals on his head. Um, and I can see what that thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when people come up to antagonize you, they are trying to gauge a response from you. But if you give them the opposite response and you just give them love, like often they do, and it's like dumping coals on their heads. So, um, Jesus on the, um, one of the most familiar passages that we know about this is, is on the uh, sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave to his disciples apostles. Um, so in Matthew 5, 43 45, he says, you have heard, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of the father who is in heaven, for he makes on the evil and, on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. So Jesus said, um, you know, you have heard what to love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I will tell you once again, to love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. How do we do that? Like I said, yeah. God always asks us to pray from our heart and, and we do, and we are loving people. And we do want the best for these people. But it's really difficult, especially for those that are known to be evil, that have just done dash things, throwing January sixers in jail like they did something horrible, um, letting other people go, the two-tier justice system, setting up the new world order, pushing the B system, poisoning us with vaccines. You know, these are hard things to let go, but we still need to pray for our enemies and, and we need to work on that in our own heart so that we truly mean what we're praying. So our first response to the question is, is probably not the right one. So when someone wrongs us, we'd like to pray that disaster falls on them. Um, we may be tempted to pray um, in precatory psalms and hope to sit back and watch God exact vengeance on the evildoers. So much like Jonah did outside of Nineveh, um, is also what Jesus did by praying for our enemies, he had something better in mind that will benefit us that will benefit us all as well as our enemies. And remember. That and this is one thing that makes it a little easier for me is just reminding myself that God is still the Father of these evil people. He was still the Creator, and those are still His children. And it's no different than ourselves. Um, we may have had a beef with our, our sisters or our brothers, and you know, just that sibling, riv- you know, the sibling rivalry. Um, that we ended up getting over. And I know it's not as bad as like them trying to kill us, poison us, dump chemtrails on us, turn us into zombies, lie to us about aliens, set Satan loose on this earth. You know, those a pretty bad thing. So when someone sets out to cause us harm, our natural reaction is to protect ourselves and often fight back. About us. Well, let's gossip about them. They lied about us. Well, let's lie about them. They smear our reputations. We'll smear theirs, too. However, Jesus calls us to a higher standard. He demonstrated that the standard by never retaliating when someone wronged him, and they wronged him a lot. His own people rejected his message. Um 11, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. The religious leaders mocked and tried to trap him. So John 8, 6, is they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the his own family was ashamed of him and tried to make him stop preaching. So Mark three twenty one. Um, and when his family heard about it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying he is out of his mind. His friends deserted him in his worst moment. Um, Mark fourteen fifty. And they all left him and fled. City who had who had cried hosanna. When he arrived in the town, they to shouted crucify him. A few days later, um, this is Mark 15, 13, and they out again, crucify him. So Jesus had enemies. And when he said to pray for our enemies, he knew what he was talking about. And, you know, that's one thing that I always have to remind Jesus asked us to do this. And God's words, they don't fall void. They are always for a purpose. And there's meaning behind them, whether we understand it or not, because it is hard as a human walking around his flesh not to at least want to ignore these people, you know, I keep the rocks in my pocket. There's not a day that goes by that I wouldn't want to just start throwing the rocks at these people and and creating the revolution that ends all this mess. But, but God has the plan. Joseph does it. <laughs> so listen to God, listen to Jesus. And, uh, and I have to as well. And I, I keep myself calm through Christ's words. And I try to have a better understanding as to why and how to pray for our enemies. So, Jesus gave us a perfect example of praying for our enemies when he was being nailed to the cross. In the middle of his own agony, he cried out, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing." Um, Luke twenty-three thirty-four. And Jesus said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing." And they cast lots to divide his garments. So he talked to his father about the people who were in literally in the middle of harming him. Um, he did not ask for their destruction. He did not pray for revenge. They would be forgiven now jesus had compassion on the deceived people who believed that they were doing right thing by killing the son of god had no idea what they were actually what was actually taking place and they had no idea the wrong that they were doing so when jesus said they don't know what they are doing he hinted at an important factor to keep in mind when we pray for our enemy they know not what they're doing that they have been deceived and i feel when he said that that what he was saying. Because it was a lot of people, the ones that were going, you know, crucify Jesus, the one that just stood by and did nothing. Um, Like I said, Jesus came to this earth. He walked this earth as a human. He saw firsthand what was taking place in this world. He knew that we were being deceived from every angle. He knew that even the churches had been infiltrated and were deceiving the people, because especially at that time, who had a Bible? The only person that had scripture in those days were the ones that could afford them. So you had the uh, Pharisees, you had you know, some of the bigger churches had them um, or you're very wealthy people, but your average person, you and me, wouldn't have even remotely been able to um, afford scripture or a Bible of, of any means because they were all handwritten at that point. You had literally priests that were sitting but writing Bibles over and over again um, with ink, quill, and in hand. Um, today, we're very fortunate. Um, the sad part is many of us have like four or five Bibles in our homes And how many of them have never even been cracked open or had the plastic removed from it? You know, the the, the Bible's being actually the important part. There's zero point of having a Bible in your house if you're not reading it or discussing it or talking about it, you know? Um, But once again, we are fortunate enough in this world to where you can go to your local Walmart or your local store and purchase a Bible for like 11 bucks. Hobby Lobby sells Bibles, you know? Um, You know, so we are fortunate enough to... But we're also probably had more people that were interested in scripture at that point than we do today, which is why we're trying to get people closer to God. And I'm seeing more and more people reach out to God in great ways. People ask for prayer. It's always a good starting point. Um, But we discussed last night the importance, you know, what happens one day if they burn all the Bibles or try to remove them from us? You know, The Bible needs to set in our hearts so that we can still, you know, if not backyard yeah 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 bury it in the backyard i've, I've got a couple buried yeah. around here I talked about that as well um but the key is is at least understanding the stories you know we we had a conversation last night like jeff is one of those brothers that, that has a great mind for scripture and is the same way she can go right to scripture she you see how fast she posts stuff right here in, in the chat um i'm one that can remember the verses word for word but i can remember the story you know i think matt and have kind of Thing you know, and the key is getting the message across. That's the important part of the written scripture is getting that message across, so that people understand the parables that Christ talked about, as well as the laws of the land um, that were given to us in the Old Testament. Um, understanding why Jesus came here, what He was teaching us, the importance of the sacrifice, what the apostles and disciples did, understanding how similar what they dealt with back then we are dealing with right now. As history repeats itself, and it's repeating itself right now. So, um, like I said, it, it's one of those things, it's not just important to own a Bible. It's not a talisman, you know, it's not like a fancy little metal that you hang around your neck to protect you. It, it, it's meant to be read, understood. And like I said, at the very least, understand it well enough to where you can tell the story. Um, you know, cause it, it's like me, I, I said last night that I would be better off um, teaching I would be teaching adults and it's because you know you you read a verse or scripture to children they're gonna not they're gonna be like huh you know kind of like i was when i was younger reading scripture didn't make any sense to me but then you've got the people that understand it that can tell the story in a way that the children can get enthralled in and 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 remember it and that's one thing that i loved about the parables of christ to me stories are easier to remember written context um it's always been easier for me to remember a story You know, so that's why I loved about the parables is because, you know, he told us kind of interesting ways that brought everything together and made it a little bit more easy to digest, understand, and more importantly, carry with you so that you could um, tell those same things to the other people. So the enemies that we pray for hurt us from their own world of hurt. Um, And that's true. It's people. It's like when people accuse you of doing something, it's more than likely they are responsible of doing the same thing themselves and if they can do it themselves there you can too well it's the same thing right here is the enemies that we pray for um hurt hurt us from their own world of hurt and lack of understanding so their thinking may be influenced by the devil in second corinthians 4 4 um in their case the god of this has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of christ who is the image of God. So their attitudes may have been shaped by the past wounds. Um, in Judges 15, 7, it says, And Samson said to them, If this is what you do, I swear I will be avenged, avenged on you, and after that I will quit. Their actions may have been manipulated by peer in, um, by peer, um, in two second Kings 12, 13 to 14. But their um were not made for the house of the Lord, basins of silver, snuffers, bowls, trumpets, and any vessels of gold or silver from the money that was brought into the house of the Lord. For that was given to the workmen who are repairing the house of the Lord with it. So none of the, none of this excuses behavior or minimizes the damage that they cause, but it does help explain um, um, the way of the matter. People do what they do for their own reasons they may not be valid reasons but they seem to be the ones um who hold them so how to pray for those that have hurt us and never tried to make right um first we can pray that god will open their eyes and their hearts and that they will be enlightened and that's what i have to pray for is that they Reach out to God so that God can give them that understanding, that wisdom and discernment that they may not have. Because you got to remember, is that they may have been influenced. We we've talked about this before. Is that a lot of these evil people were born into this? You know, so their parents were part of some old Canaanite society. How many generations were raised to think and believe the way thinking and believing today? I always use Anderson Cooper as an example because he was born into it. Like. His parents were evil and from a little kid he was taught to be the way that he is. And I've said before, is it's harder to unlearn than it is to learn, especially when you were in these societies around you influence you from every angle because the bloodlines are deep. They run deep and they're all around these people. So um so their hearts that they will be enlightened about truth. And so in Ephesians 1.18, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance um, in the saints? So when enemies set themselves against us, they lack understanding. They are reacting from the flesh instead of responding from the spirit. The devil um, tries to control your spirit, but he can't control the spirit. God owns that. And no matter, you know, we'll say that they sold their soul to the devil, you can't. You're not selling property that's yours. It, it belongs. You can take it back. And and I do believe um, we've had discussion before when Jeff was on, you know, those that sold their soul, to the devil, I believe can be redeemed because you can't sell something that's not yours. And then God will take that back. All, you know, and I believe that repenting, um, coming around to God, accepting into your heart is the very least the first thing that you've got to do in order to, to get your soul saved. But I believe that even those that, had sold their soul to the corporation the devil and so forth can be saved in the long run, which is why once again, we've got to pray for our enemies, even those that do the most harm to the world that do the most harm to us and to the children. We always have to accept in our minds that they may have been deceived and they know not what they are doing, just like Christ said on that cross. So we can pray that God will open their hearts with understanding so that they will learn from their mistakes and grow wiser. Um, as we pray for our enemies, we can pray for their repentance. So in Second two twenty five, correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to knowledge of truth, um, and that knowledge wisdom. So it is God who softens hearts enough to um, for repentance. When we pray for our enemies to repent, we know that we are praying in accordance with God's um, will. Because he also desires their repentance. Remember, God never gave up on us. Mm -mm. So we can't give up on them. And God will never give up on them. But the more that we have, more of us that come together in prayer, the more likely we're going to change those hearts. Even the most evil with the shifts, the Bidens, the Obamas, um, the Swabs, on and on and on. This is the power of prayer and groups. And, you know, we're going to definitely dive into that this week um, at the Bards coming together in prayer, praying for this nation, praying for this world. So we pray for our enemies to repent. We know we are praying in accordance to God's will. So in second, Peter, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise is some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And we have, God gave us patience to where we are today. And they will bring, eventually bring those other people who are willing to listen. Um, But it all starts with prayer. And the more people that have, you know, like I said, we have faith in God. We should have faith in those other people that God can work in their lives, change them to the point where they do repent. So we pray for our enemies. We can ask um, that our hearts will remain soft and useful if the Lord wants us to accomplish his plan and the lives of our enemies. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So you raise a fist to someone who's raising a fist at you, you're going to get into a fight. Say calm, gentle words to the person that's raising their fist, the ability to diffuse them, to calm them down have a conversation and get to the answers that they're looking for and that, that you're looking for rather than exchanging blows, which ultimately just ends up in a bloody mess. Um, so Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns a wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So when we return anger for anger, wrong for wrong, we put ourselves on the same level as our enemies and we don't want to be our enemies. We want to do the opposite of that. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to defend yourself, you know, because if someone's just screaming at you, we got to remember it's just words, you know, words don't harm us. If someone's swinging an ax at you, that's a whole different story. God also wants to protect ourselves and protect our families. Um, And God will protect us in the meantime as well. So when we respond with kindness and gentleness and mercy, the situation is often diffused within moments. Nothing is more convinc- nothing is more convincing than a general response to a hateful or a rude action. It's what turning the other cheek is all about. So you in and, and Matthew 5 39, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil, but if any slaps you um on the right cheek, turn him um turn him the other also. Um, and, you know, I've, I think I see two different views of that particular one, because I also, we discussed it before as well, is that, you know, the, the plebs, the underdogs, the, the slave would get slapped on one side and the elite would be slapped on another. So, you know, so I've taken it in both ways is by turning the cheek, you're saying, no, treat me as an equal. Also, you know what I'm saying? Like we're men of God. We're women of God. Um, you know, you can slap me. I'm just going to keep on loving you and hope that that changes. Like I said, um, walk away from the instance other than that. But if you're being threatened, your lies are being threatened, your family's being threatened, certainly stand up and protect yourselves because God would not want us to be doormats either. So um, Satan desires discord. So he tries to stir up our um, fury and he coaches us to respond in kind. We should pray to the God, keeps towards the offenders, So that his goodness will be revealed um, to them through us. And remember that when you accept God and Christ into your heart, they're with you all the time. No matter where you go, they are with you. And by showing hate, you're certainly not showing Jesus. You're you're going into what the devil is trying to get you to do, and that's to react way. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes they keep coming after you. And like I said, jesus flipped the tables he whipped the whips he doesn't want us to be doormats he doesn't want us to just sit on our hands and and take the punches but he also wants us to make the attempt to try to do things in his way um a kind and a loving way because like i said often something as simple as kind words you know when someone's having a bad day and you come across them and you don't know what they've endured that day and they start off real mean you know what's going to happen if you go back to them with that same energy and 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 uh anger that they're you, all you're gonna do is elevate the situation and make their day worse. But if that attempt to try to soften it and be like, hey, do you need a hug? Are you okay? Um, do you want to talk? You know what I'm saying? It's hard to stay angry at a person who's trying to help you out. There are situations that's not true where they'll keep on coming after you, but you'll notice in your life more than not, um, or more often than not, when you do kind things and you reach out to them in kind love. Phase, you will diffuse the situation, calm them down. And now you have brought them over to God's um, will rather than you falling into what the devil's trying to make you do. So we should pray that God keeps our hearts soft towards the offenders so that this goodness will be revealed to them through us. So as for our enemies, we can pray that God will work in their lives because of this offense to bring about um, his purpose. Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is uh, Matthew 6, 10. So it is always right to ask that God's will be done in any situation. We should pray until we want what he wants. Um, if he wants us to bless our enemy, we want that. We as well. So if he wants us to serve our enemy, then what's, um, that's what he, that's what we want. Prayer is the aligning of our wills with God's will. When we pray for our enemy, we need to wrestle through our emotions until we truly want what God's best in their lives. And like I said, that's the difficult thing is not just verbalizing those prayers for our enemy, but truly meaning it. And once again, you just got to put yourself into the mind of Christ and God and want that repentance for those people truly. And, you know, if you can't pray for the enemies in some ways, pray for that. Be like, you know, because you you want to be better people. You want them to repent. You want them to find God. So pray for that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, you know, pray simply to where your heart means what you're praying for. So praying for our enemies is not a natural response to their mistreatment. But we remember that we were once enemies of God's ourselves and we are now his children. We can now intercede for others who were still far off. And this is a uh, collision or Colossians uh, one twenty-one. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Um, in doing that, we keep our own hearts free from bitterness. And this uh Hebrews 12 15, see to it that no one fail no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of God springs up and causes trouble, and by um, by it, many become defiled. So in doing so, we keep our own hearts free of bitterness In praying for our enemies. We become more like Christ and we keep ourselves in harmony with God's will, which is how every human being will be desi- um, will be designed or designed to live. So we need to find this in our hearts. And like I said, the reason that I'm bringing this one up is because I wrestle with this one all the time. um, I, I sometimes I'll pray and it does. It falls void because it's not necessarily coming from my heart. It's coming um, because I know that it's right. I know that God asked this of this, but it's not easy to forgive um, some of these people for what they've done, especially when you think about what's happening to the children, especially when you think about what is uh, going on in this world with these vaccinations, with the push for the beast system. But then once again, remember this, they have been deceived like we were deceived as well. And we may have been doing exactly what they were doing and falling into this line if we didn't know Christ. Christ is the reason that we see what's happening now. Christ is the reason that we know now what's under that veil. Christ is the reason that, you know, we enough to have God's light shined on that deception to be able to see it and understanding that relationship. Understanding the verses in scripture, we're also able to see what God has um, put in man's heart to prophesize within scripture, which we're seeing unfold every single day. So, never ever forget. And I said it before never forget where you were, and then put yourself in the position of others, knowing that they are where you were, and then remember where you are today, and that they can be in the same place that we are once we broke that deception. Once we broke that, the hold that the devil's had on us, once that temptation and the evil were removed from our lives, we had that relationship, lives became very different. And then we were able to talk to God or understand that God was talking to us in order to listen. Those other people need to find that too. So importance of prayer. So be honest with God. Um, um, using, use God's word. So after I prayed, I opened the Bible. Five. I read Jesus's word in verses 43 to 46. You have heard that what is said. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Okay, Lord, I work in my heart and in best. Show us that we're on the same team, your team. Heal this wound in my heart. Heal the wounds in her heart. Help both of us be the daughters that you've de- you've designed and you've deemed us to be. Um, multiple things. Uh, there's multiple scriptures um, within the Bible that refer uh, praying for your enemies. Um, so Luke six twenty seven to twenty eight. But I say to you who here love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Matthew five forty four. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Matthew five forty three through forty four. You have heard that it what is said, you shall love thy neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. Luke six twenty eight. Bless those who hate you praise those who abuse you proverbs twenty four sixteen 16 to 18 for the righteous falls seven times and rises again but the wicked stumble in times of calamity do not rejoice when your enemy falls and let not your heart be glad when falls, lest the lord see it and displeased and turn away his anger from him like i'll use the example earlier about your siblings imagine how many times we've been upset with them. We never turned on them. You know, we, we ended up coming and most of us ended up gaining bonds with these siblings. Down. Um, you know, it's the importance of not, you know, wishing ill on your enemy, like it's happening when they stumble, because remember, technically they are all our brothers. They are all our sisters in the eyes of God. And would you want your sister or your brother to fail? No, you wouldn't. Because remember when you do harm to others, you're ultimately doing harm to our, to yourself. When you do well for others, you're doing well for yourself. You are serving God's purpose. You are serving God's will From Amos one eleven. thus says the Lord for three transgressions. Um, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, pursue brother with the sword and cast um off all pity and his anger tore perpetually. And he kept his wrath forever. Um, you know, letting go of this stuff, holding on to grudges is not healthy for you. Holding on to pain, holding on to fear, all of these things are designed by the devil and they ultimately deteriorate. They're, they're kind of like a virus or a disease. If you can't let go of something, you're going to think about them. It's going to make your days not as good as they could be. Um, you know, I'm going through the things in my life right now, personally, that um, I'm dealing with where I'm having to put myself in the same boat, and remember, you know, it matters not what other people think of you because it does. It'll bring you down, and you just got to go into whatever you're doing. I um, mean, it's not living, by the way. I'm going to stress <laughs> that. She's <laughs> never looking at me now. Not you. Um, you know what I'm talking
0: about? Yes, I do.
1: And it's a matter of persevering and pushing through this. So I, I say what my granddad used to say to me a long time ago: what other think what others think of you is none of your damn business. Yeah. And and it's true. Um. We don't we don't gain our own worth through what other people think of us because they may not be in their own right mind. We 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 gain our worth through what God thinks of us or, or serving His will and doing um, His service. Yeah. That is all that really really matters. And you know it, it matters what God thinks of us when we're standing up at those gates of heaven, whether He lets us in or not, or whether He says I never knew you. Um, you know so. Go of all of that negative that people try to push onto you. And once again, pray for those people because our prayers are so powerful. It's one of the greatest gifts that we ever had. And uh, we will get through this together. Like I said, if you're having a bad day and you can't learn something, reach out to one of the many other Christian family that we've got right here. And I can promise you that we'll all end up coming together. And uh, let me remind me to those KC stickers yeah, that we got.
3: I know. I just said so. So, hey, Truth Patriot, um, email me, and we'll send you
1: some. Yeah, exactly. So we we have some, and we'll get some more made at some point as well. So uh, I'm going to read a couple of more before I get into prayer. Um, you know, so First John's five fourteen, and this is the that we have had to him. If we ask anything according to his will, and he hears. Um, remember, you know, we can't pray to destroy something, you know, God's the only one who can do it. It's in his timing and his will, not ours. You know, you're no better than your enemy when you're wishing harm on somebody. And I fall for that. I, I do that quite a how many times on here, man, I can't wait till they're hanging from a rope. You know, um, that's the human side. We've got to let go of that. Like I said, God will take care of that nasty business. Um, our job is to keep on being motivated, holding that line, staying strong, spreading the gospel pray trying to bring other people that narrow path and building our army um and it's time to raise the sword when you have no choice but to raise the sword you know um i believe it was you know uh simon that swung the sword and cut off the ear and why was you know those who uh live by the sword die by the sword and he wasn't saying don't use the sword he was just saying that don't let that that can't be your go-to you know what I'm saying? Like you don't get into a situation and then your first answer is to go to blows with someone or swing the sword and cut their ear off. You know, we need to make other attempts first. Those other attempts fail and our lives are still in danger and we're looking at a point where we may be hurt. Then it's time to draw that sword because Jesus also said, trade the robe for your sword. So like he's saying, don't defend yourself. He's just saying, don't let the sword be your go-to. Don't let that be the first thing that you go to Use gentleness, kindness, mercy, and love. Do God's will first. And if there's no other option at that point, you still need to defend yourself and you still need to defend your family. Psalm 66, 18. If I had cherished um, iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Um, And he's not. God's not going to answer you when you're like, man, father, will you kill Pelosi? And it doesn't work, you know, but he will listen if you're trying to change Pelosi's heart and God will make that, Active and I always go to Pelosi. I must really dislike Pelosi. She's always my the first name that comes out of my mouth. And talking about evil. Um, and then finally, I'm going to do Romans 8:26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Once again. Pray to God. Maybe I should start praying that. Like, God, please let my next prayers be sincere rather than praying afterwards for forgiveness for not meaning it and ask Him to help me, you know, actually mean this. So there are loads of verses in Scripture, um, probably, uh, yeah, probably about a 100 at least, um, that talk about praying for those who persecute you. And right now, you know, we've got people that that hate on us, We've got people. They call us conspiracy theorists. They call us white nationalists. They make fun of Christians and and try to do everything they possibly can. But words aren't really persecution. You know, persecution's coming our way. Persecution's what they ultimately did when they nailed Christ on that cross, um, beheading the disciples, hanging them upside down, murdering them. You know, that's the persecution, and we are going to come to that. The Bible that we will face that at some point ourselves. Um, and hopefully, you know, at the, we we stay alive and we end up being raptured. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, you talk to many people and some people think that rapture comes post-tribulation. Some think it becomes pre-tribulation. Um, I don't have that answer. But I do know that we need to stay in our hearts, stay in love, stay in our faith in Christ during those times. And if it, it happens... We need to be willing to die serving our Father and understand it, not fear, because we're going to end up in a way greater place than we are right now. So, um, Liva, do you have anything you want to add to this before um, I go to prayer?
2: Oh no, that was a
3: uh, awesome. That was really well done. Awesome.
1: Awesome. And uh, yeah, exactly. Fear not. There, that was mentioned so many times in Scripture Mm -hmm. for a reason. It's becoming more understandable because they will use that fear. The devil will use that fear against you. Like I said um any negative whether it be um anxiety, fear, stress, like any of those things are like, It's like a disease and it will hinder you. It'll it'll actually ruin your health as well. But the devil will seize upon that in a minute and with that fear comes doubt because if you have honest faith in our Lord Almighty, what reason is there to fear? You know, worst case scenario, we get killed, um we end up in heaven but we are serving God when we died and we had complete faith in God when we died. So everyone, um, it is Sunday. We always do the shortened show because we always uh, spend a little bit of time with my mother um, watching a uh, wind calls the heart. That's yeah. kind of the, the, the family gathering time. Yeah, two <laughs> exactly. So um, if everyone bow your heads and a little bit of prayer, we'll get into a little bit of spiritual warfare. Heavenly father, thank you again for another day. Thank you for, speaking to us. And and Father, I ask that you work in all of our hearts so that we can and truly mean when we pray for our enemies. Dear Lord, these times get difficult and we see every day they just bombard us with the chaos and the turmoil in this world. And we see the hate and the destruction and everything they're trying to do against the innocent children, against ourselves, trying to kill us, dumping chemtrails. And it's really hard to forgive these people when we see what's happening. When we watch our family members die, we watch um, our Brothers and sisters get indoctrinated in school. It is so hard to forgive these people, Father. But I ask that you work in all of our hearts every single day so that we can truly mean it when we pray for it. Don't let it just be banter coming from our lips, Father. Let it be truly sincere coming from our heart and coming from our soul. Dear Lord, we, we do want the best for them. That's without a doubt. We would love to see the most evil people on this earth come around to you, find you in their heart, repent for the evil that they've done, and join our army hard as humans dear lord to see that as possible but we have faith in you and we have trust in you and you can make this possible dear lord but also know that you want us to pray dear lord because when we come to prayer two or more people hundreds of people thousands of people we can accomplish some amazing things through you so i ask father that you work in our hearts every single day so that we can truly mean what we are praying for so that we do have that faith in our that our enemies can can repent and Even bigger father I want to ask that during these next couple of days as people travel to Flemingsburg Kentucky that you guide them on the journey dear Lord that you protect them all the way here them all the way home you protect us while we're at this event dear Lord we are praying and gathering in your heavenly name but father I also ask that you let their journey be fruitful dear Lord speak to them guide them and give them wisdom and lessons that they're going to learn from point a to point b and then back from point b to point a dear lord as well as what we have right here at this revival that we're going to be doing dear lord please let everything go as smoothly as possible let the speakers and everybody get here safely as well and let this be an opportunity for us not only to get together and pray but to love to hug to gather in little prayer huddles with one another to utilize this opportunity lord to have family to break bread and to be part of a community that you have always wanted us to be. Father, thank you for these little opportunities that you give us. Thank you for the big ones, dear Lord. Thank you for the family that you have built bigger and bigger every single day. We come together and we, we talk about you. We discuss verses in Scripture. Come to a better understanding dear Lord, supporting one another as we fall, dear Lord, and lifting each other up to get right back on our feet so that we can get back into this war. Dear Lord, I ask that you remove all evil and temptation from our lives. Remove the devil from our lives, dear Lord. Is the more we serve you and the closer we get to you, the more the devil wants to attack. You know, they can't get to it after our families, and we see that more and more every single day, dear Lord. But I thank you for trusting in us to get us to the point that we are today for picking us all to be part of this great war that we're walking into dear lord let us be quite prepared for it let us have the discernment the strength and the wisdom that we're going to need the closer we get to this battle let us understand that the turmoil and the chaos that we're going through right now is nothing compared to what's coming Dear Lord, let us be prepared for that. Let us be able to endure it without a problem and let us have no fear, dear Lord. On those days, a little, let somebody in this family reach out and talk to us, dear Lord, so that we can just let go of that easier. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us all the missions that you've given us. Dear Lord, I ask that you protect us and walk with us as we further venture into the missions that we're on in order to accomplish the greater mission that we are all together to do. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us the skills and working in our lives even before we knew you, dear Lord. And that reminder to us that those other people that are being evil in this world, that are doing wrong, may be in the same boat that we were at one time Well, we did not know you. But today, Father, we do, and we're serving you, and we're making ourselves better every day, repenting to become better people and to serve you in the greatest of ways. But dear Lord, thank you for everything that you have blessed us with, those that we take for granted, those things that we recognize. And dear Lord, thank you for giving us another day. If you so see it fit to give us another day tomorrow, let us make the seconds count. Let us use every moment that we have to serve you, minded that everything that we do, every moment of our lives is because of you. You blessed us with this life. You brought us here at this time for this reason, and that is to battle for you, dear Lord, to be part of your great honor. And I thank you for having the faith and the trust in our souls to put us here at this time. Could have put us here at any other time in history. But you chose us to be here today. So let us all rise up. Let us spread that gospel from nation to nation. Let us never waste a moment where we can pray, dear Lord, and waters. Let us Enemies, let us never hold grudges, dear Lord, and let us always be here with our arms open when those people are ready to repent and hear, and are start seeking those answers, so that we can set them off on that path towards You, dear Lord. And thank You for sending us on these missions. We love You with all of our hearts, in Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, everybody, I want to thank you so much for joining us this evening for Kilted Christian, episode four hundred and sixty-two, brothers in the Bible. And um, we should be back tomorrow. Conley will be, here today. he'll be taking off very, very early on. Tuesday. So, uh, we will keep you updated as far as I know right now, we'll be having a show tomorrow. Um, if Conley wants to get some rest, we can get completely. And in that case, I will be seeing you guys, uh, starting Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And we'll be visiting, we'll be running out to the property tomorrow just to say hey to those that are already here, be out there Tuesday up a couple of things, chairs and stuff. And then Wednesday we'll be setting up our, uh, cameras and getting all that neat stuff ready to go. And I'm looking forward to working with my crew. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you big old hugs and uh, seeing those that I've already met and meeting those that I have not. Guys, I am so thankful to be part of your family. You guys are absolutely amazing. All that you do. I'm thankful for all that you contribute in this chat. And I'm thankful for all of you that that watch the shows or listen to these shows later on. I'm starting here, hopefully with the next couple of months opening this up a little bit further. I'm um, not only be here um, on pod for audio, but possibly going over to out and uh, doing a video. So you guys can actually see some of the stuff that I'm talking about as well. We're discussing that as well. And uh, keep praying for Jeff um, that he gets better. Cause I know he wants to be back to the show. It's just hard for him up for longer than 30 minutes. Uh, and keep praying for insidious as she has a big interview on Tuesday um, well-timed that she can work from home because we do not know what we're walking into. And she works in a rather liberal place right now and is afraid that once these vaccinations and mask mandates start going up, that she will not have jobs. So God, please take care of them ahead of time so that they have the money coming in. Jeff gets back on his feet and everybody is tip top. As far as you guys, be very, very safe on your journeys. If you were heading out starting tomorrow, we'll be praying for you. we very much and we will see you more than likely tomorrow night for kilted christian episode 463 the Colony monday have an absolutely beautiful night i love you all very very much i will see you all very soon and i leave you with this
0: Life has me down, and the lies tell me I've been abandoned. When the darkness surrounds and it, it seems that there's no hope inside, I can call on your name and you release my pain. Lord, you hear me? I can lean into you, Lord, and know that you'll carry me. Because I need for you to carry me up on your. There's no place that I'd rather be For i with you You're safe in my eyes I'm washed in the blood. You see fear is the enemy Left to its lies it'll break me Do you believe that all feelings I am should be trusted? Of the enemy, I will give pride and run straight to the fight, cause I know you're living in me, step across fear and surrender my life, and become who you call me to be, you called me to be. I need for you, to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. Lord, I call on your name, and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be than you. Safe in your arms, I'm lost in the blood, I'm lost in the blood.
1: Everyone have an absolutely beautiful rest of their Sunday. Go do something you enjoy. Read some scripture, pray, watch a good movie. Just do something. I'm going to go out and play in the rain here in just a moment. Guys, I love you very, very much. Have an absolutely beautiful rest of your Sunday. Make sure that you go check out Bards FM, Peace Be Still, this evening. I believe it's, uh, I think he's on. I yeah. believe it's on midnight tonight. I may be, but definitely go check out to see if it's on. The rest of you guys, I will see you soon. I love
4: you very, very much. Have a beautiful evening, and God bless.